0: All right, welcome to Racing Radio. Episode 1, Daytona 500 recap. Um, this is this is obviously our first episode and it feels good. I don't know about you guys to do podcasting for the love of the game because now we actually work for a company, we make money and all that stuff, but we're we're three white guys talking about something that we enjoy as a hobby and like that's the true down and dirty part of being a podcaster. So I'm Bobby Skinner here with Justin Penick and Kevin. What's going on, Justin?
1: Bobby Skinner, Kevin, uh, yeah, a, a Daytona Day happened. Was a day later. Um, it didn't feel like it was a Monday. Like I felt like I was sitting down for a Sunday watching a race on Sunday. Yeah, excited to be be doing this. Is certainly a little little different. Uh, you know, I my first love was was NASCAR. I think Bobby, your first love was was NASCAR much, too. Much,
0: much more, much further before I became a football fan. And
1: I'll tell I anybody this too. NASCAR. If you if you pin me in a corner, like I, I uh, like I adored Dale jr. More than like Eli Manning growing up. So, um, yeah, let's, uh, let's talk some Daytona.
0: Well, we got to kick it to Kevin. Like what's your, what's your relationship with NASCAR?
2: Yeah. Kev. I am. Uh, you said NASCAR was your first love. You could say NASCAR is my new fling. <laughs> you know, they sent us out to the Daytona 500 last year and you know, I, I just felt, I just felt it in my heart and i'm trying to become a, a real nascar fan i'm going to try and get to a level to your guys's level so that's kind of the angle i'm coming from well, and also i would add that i was in nashville all weekend so if i'm like loopy or say something that doesn't make sense i should not be held accountable well that's nascar yeah we i we got to talk about our weekends we, you know i
0: friday night the truck and Archer race was was fun for me um yeah, I fell back in love with that day. Part of the reason why we're doing this podcast is NASCAR is like the nicest like sport of all time. Like, just everybody there is nice to us. Like, they yes. give us tickets. Like, when I was there, they're like, "Hey, come backstage, let us talk with like like we have basically just as many connections with NASCAR as we do the NFL, if not more so. Like, I, I probably I, we have more connections within NASCAR than like me and Justin do within the Giants Giantsville, which is partly why I wanted to do. We the
1: were podcast. there for two weekends.
0: Yeah, so they've they've been they've been cool to us. Uh, all right, William Byron wins the Daytona Five Hundred, um, and we are kind of kingmakers too at John Boy Media. I looked up a stat, so there's seven active drivers who have won the Daytona Five Hundred, not counting Jimmy Johnson because he's not full time. Four of the seven are have done content with John Boy Media. We did Austin Dillon, the iRacing, Racing at the Daytona Five Hundred. Austin Sinjic did Dan on the Street in, in Chicago. And then Ricky Stenhouse and William Byron came on Talking Giants. Like, So we are somewhat kingmakers uh, at, at, for the Daytona 500, despite the fact that everybody I love wrecked this weekend, whether the truck race, first wrecked my guy, Jake Garcia, Harrison Burton. Every year I'm like, man, this is the year Wood Brothers gets win number 100. Harrison
1: Burton, let's go. And six. Like, motherfucker,
0: Harrison Burton wrecks every <laughs> single week, every single time. There's nothing good to live for johnson got involved in that and then chastain in the last one um Arco was like
2: crazy wasn't it
0: yeah like he got hit so hard his radiator got like ripped out of the car um and that was lap five which we'll we'll talk about but william byron wins daytona 500 on the 40th anniversary of hendrick motorsports i think ties for the most daytona 500 with richard petty enterprises um you know, Justin, he won the most races last year with six after having four his previous five seasons, led the season an average finish in 10th, like group five. So he had like a breakout year, but we've seen guys like him have a breakout year and then it falls off. But he answers it with the Daytona 500. Do you view William Byron as like an upcoming, like a star who's going to last? Because when you look at his wins last year, they really weren't dominant. Right. They were end of Darlington, the, you know, Las Vegas and Phoenix being, you know, green, white checkered. Um, Like he didn't have those. He hasn't had like the dominant wins. And even today he wasn't like he basically won because him and Bowman wrecked everybody else. Right.
1: But he's had good cars. And I think as William Byron grows, and I think that's really the main thing where William Byron is still a a work in progress. And I think that's the scary thing because he started off and it was like, man you know going from Gordon in the 24 to this young kid and there there's there's extra pressure i think even more pressure than the 48 to be honest with Johnson there's there's more pressure being in the 24 and i think the fact that they made the transition from Gordon from Gordon to another driver before they made the transition from the 48 to Bowman i think there's more pressure on William Byron to be good in the 24 than Bowman is in the 48 and Byron didn't start out hot and the expectation for Byron was to be, and it is to be the superstar at Hendrick Motorsports. Like, come in here, be the young guy, be the superstar, and be what, you know, a lot of, you know, kind of be what Johnson was early on and even be what Gordon was early on. Those are high expectations, but I guarantee you that is what they are expecting. So, this kid who grew up iRacing, he didn't necessarily start with grow- growing up uh, with the go karts or dirt tracks or anything like that. This kid that just grew up racing was this prodigy. And, Finally, you know, started to become that superstar last year. And it's like, you, well, you said, well, how can you follow that up? Especially when these races aren't dominant. And I think it's really tough to be, like, flat-out dominant in today's NASCAR. Like, you'll have Martin Truex Jr. with these flat-out dominant races. And it's like, well, you don't really see that all that often. Just because of how competitive it is. Especially with the point system and how, you know, you can go on a hot run and a hot stretch. But great start for Byron. He's expected to be a superstar. Gets his first Daytona 500. Starts off that season strong.
0: So like last year he was closer to 4th than 2nd in the Hendrick Motorsports you know with with Larson and Elliott and I still think Larson's clearly ahead of him as a driver. Oh uh, yeah. You know, long term. But he is kind of you know, after Elliott's down year we'll see what he does this year like getting in there but Elliott obviously won a bunch of races the year before won a championship. Um I still want to see more, right? Cuz the Daytona 500 it's not about luck but it does kind of ch- And again, he was like you know, we have, I have some other notes, like, you know, I've, I've had four guys who were probably clearly better than him all day. And you thought that we're going to, one of those guys were going to win it. Uh, but, and, and again, Byron, I mean, he, he wrecked the rest of the field, right? Like the guys, you know, Hamlin, Kyle, Bo- or Kyle Busch wasn't involved in it. Logano, all, all, essentially every single Ford was wrecked because of Alex Bowman pushing into William Byron. Um, but yeah, but but credit to him, you know, like you said, answering it with a Daytona 500 victory, at me. because if if he would have went, you know, the first twelve races without a win, it'd been like, oh yeah, last year was a fluke. You know, obviously he's going to run good in, in Hendrick Motorsports equipment, but it was, you know, he he answers with it, like he's got you now can go with confidence, locked in the playoffs, and then, you know, he the next three races are Atlanta, Las Vegas, and Phoenix, I think, right, Justin? Yep. and he yep. won all three of those tracks last year. Now he won them all towards the end, but still like he, he won all of those races last year.
1: All right, Kevin, I want to, I want to throw it to you. Um, I mean, if you have Bobby, any of the thoughts on Byron race winner, I mean, I guess we could, we'll talk about the end of the race when we actually get to it, but I'm a big talking about like the overall product of the race broadcast was the race competitive. So any other thoughts on like Byron specifically? Well, the
0: finish, what'd you think of the whole caution? No caution at the finish.
1: Kevin what do you think of that as like
2: somebody who the the finish or the the
0: 500s neither have finished at the at the finish line
2: essentially I I was wondering like how common that is because it seems like it should happen a lot because the last lap is when people start jockeying for for position like what was it like Chastain kind of made gun to the front and then he and Cedric crashed like does that not happen all the time with the Daytona 500, where they're all close together, it's happening. It's it's
0: almost becoming expected. I think three of the last four haven't finished at the, at the finish
2: line. But when um, we were I, there when we were there last year, like, going to – one day I had no idea what was going on, but when they said it was, like, going to overtime and, like, the music was bumping, and, like, I got fired up. Like, I liked the intensity.
0: Yeah, so I, I like the overtime, too. Now, it can get, like, excessive when they just keep on doing it. But again, I would just, I I want for like new fans, I feel like you just got to finish it. Because I mean, there's been two years in a row when the race is over and we're all asking who won, right? Without a definitive year. Like they're, they, and and both years too, like they took the full lap and you're still like, who won, who won? And you're listening in and then they finally announce it. And it just makes it a little, it's just anticlimactic for what should be. Like the race that draws people in, you think of all like the amazing finishes at the end. And it's, but there's really just no way to fix it because they're always gonna wreck. And then they just don't, they don't race to the start finish line anymore because they don't want cars on the track getting rammed to fucking shit because the guys are going for the lead and they're, they're sitting there helplessly.
2: They are more liberal with the caution flag now, right? Like that's a development in NASCAR. Well, that's the thing. Is usually they want to get a green-white checker. So in past, they would want to
0: like as soon as that Cindric uh, and Chastain started spinning, they would just hammer that caution right there. So like, okay, we get a green-white checker because once they take the last lap, it's it's over. Um, but I, you know, Mike Ford, who's actually a friend of ours, uh, NASCAR uh, Communications, basically said like they were hoping that they got out of the way, and they could just finish that lap, but they. Cindric came up on the track. Yeah, because it was Chastain
1: that went in the grass, so he was good. But it was Cindric that came back up, and you know, I think if it happens maybe three seconds earlier, then they get the flag out before they take the white, and then it's a whole different conversation. I think it was just really bad timing. It it anticlimactic, and it actually and it it absolutely sucks. Um, because they they were going two three wide, they were going two three wide, and you know, you really saw the. I mean, this is even a conversation with the you know, the pitch strategy and what was going on in the first and the second stage, you really saw how these cars are so draggy and how they, they involve so much of the air and the draft is way more involved. I'm not, not going to say the previous years, but it's so involved, especially with this car that they were able to move. And the fact that this race was at night too, and and even at the green flag, the track was 90 degrees. So these guys are able to move. They're able to move, um, so there, it would have been an insane finish, and, and it sucks that that gets taken away. But there's kind of it was really bad timing. Remember a couple of years ago where they had that uh, they had that line on the back straightaway, and for that that stunk. Like they had the that if you cross this line with one lap to go and the caution comes out, well then the well then the race freezes. But if you don't cross that line in the in the back stretch, then you get to go to the green white checker. They took that away because that rule sucked um it, it's they're kind of like in a in a no win situation with with what happened there
0: what i did think was good though is like last year when we were the Daytona 500 it was pretty boring for the first you know 160 lap because they were just running around in two lines the second falls- line wasn't able to move they were actually able to race three wide which is like a development i don't know if it's you know them getting better with the with the car but like they just weren't able to race three wide or really pass but we saw guys like move move, move from the the you know the back to the front all day and again three i mean they were going three three wide is what led to the crash with five laps now i don't know how much of that was because they were i don't know if you saw notice this they were racing like 15 miles per hour slower than what they could have because they were all saving gas like through the first stage and then finally it was good to see blaney but like why the fuck am i Like why? Why am I trying to help everyone else and just floored it, pulled away, and then force everyone else to actually race so they couldn't not pit at the first or before the first stage? Yeah.
1: So I mean, that's the downside of taking away the horsepower, is because AJ Allmendinger was by himself when he pit on his own. When he pit on his own in stage one, he's by himself and he's running faster lap times than the pack, and yeah, that's that's the I would say that's one of the only downsides of taking the power away, but. In every, in every plate race, and this is even regardless of whether you have stages or not, which I know some people are really, you know, anti if whether you're anti-stages or pro stages. I actually kind of like the stages here because it does give the final couple laps, like, all right, well, the, you're, you're going to see competitive racing for a couple laps here because it's all about setting up for that final pit stop anyway. It's all about setting up for that final pit stop where if you say fuel, say fuel, say fuel, and you only need 5 seconds of fuel for that final pit stop that's huge like it's all about setting up for that final pit stop where you can go 30 40 laps and then run to that sprint and then you get that track position right
0: it, it would be nice if they maybe they just do this for like these types of tracks where it like lines up perfectly with the fuel stuff and they're not taking tires but if they could just get rid of stage cautions you can have the stages cuz i like stage racing too but get rid of the stage cautions to get the whole fuel mileage and saving type stuff. I mean, they stopped doing that at, at road courses. Now the first road course they did that at it screwed them because they went green, essentially the entire race and guys arms were, were stuck like this. They couldn't move their arms after the race. Um, but in the plate racing, I feel like they can get rid of the stage cautions. Um, you know, so, so they're, so they're not doing that fuel saving thing. Uh, who did you feel like most deserved to win today? Justin? or yesterday.
1: It was Kyle Busch.
0: It felt, like Kyle Bo- it felt like Kyle Busch was like all week too, right? The storyline all week was, the Kyle Busch was basically creating a storyline himself of like the whole 20 years of trying, 20 years of frustration, like basically trying to make himself out like, hey, this is my Dale Earnhardt 1998 year. um, And he was going from back to front. And then when he had the loose tire, you're like, oh, he's fucked, right? Even if he got it back around, you thought maybe... He wouldn't the car wouldn't be the same, goes to the front. But he actually saved himself and screwed himself at the end because once once he went to the back again and it was like this is going, this is about to blow, he went to the back to avoid that wreck, which saved him and gave him a 12th place finish. But I think it stopped him from competing for the win, too, because it was too little too late when they got the green with four laps to go.
1: But I also think it's tough because you saw how much. Teammates played a factor in 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 the race. In the first stage, you had Kyle bush competing for a stage win, but then you have four Hendrick cars in the top six. That those Hendrick cars work with you know the each other, and then you know Bush kind of kind of gets screwed out of a stage win in the first stage. The second stage, he's right there to win, and then you have Byron and uh, then you have a uh, Syndrick and Blaney working together. But then Blaney eventually kind of you know they they had like the the middle lane and then the high lane. The middle lane was like the low lane you know, they were going too wide. And then Blaney goes right underneath, right underneath Sindrick, kind of puts them, drops them right under, right on top of Bush's lap. And then Blaney winds up winning that stage. And then I'm screaming to myself, man, because Bush went up, you know, like you said, he went back, you know, he went back to the front, back up to the front, to the back, back up to the front. And then, you know, you, you kind of tweeted out at the end of stage two, when, um when he left early, Cause he let he left on the jack, but they weren't done, you know, putting the putting the lug nuts on the uh, lug nut on the the, the the front tire, the right front tire. So then he had to come back and he had to start from the rear. And then you're kind of like, ah man, he's done. I'm like, nah, he's he's not done. He's he's moving yeah, I all I don't think he's able
0: to limp that thing around.
1: No, no, I'm like, he's. I don't think he has damage. You know, uh, you know the, these new cars aren't like the old cars where they can, you know, where you know if you had to drive that old car around that track, then it'd be done. So he came back up. And I'm screaming to myself, there's nine to go. Screaming to myself, being like, where is he? Like, 10 to go it was go time, man. Ten to He go was go waiting time. for that
0: big one to happen, and I think yeah. he was waiting for it to happen with, like, 16 laps to go. And unfortunately for him, it happened for nine, and they got the green flag of four. And you saw him try. Like, he tried to start the third line, but you can't start the third line on a restart. And he ended right. up dropping back from, like, seventh to 12th at the end of it.
1: Yeah. But, I mean, I, I do think, number one, Austin Dillon's not very good. Uh, but then number two, you know, our our series a two car team, and Austin Dillon got involved in that wreck early on. You you did see, you know, the power of the Fords up there together now for a lot of the Fords. Bush got was involved. like
2: willing
0: himself to the lead. Like there was he a time was, where he just man. jumped out, passed I think it was Hamlin, and just and took over the lead. So like he was he was like, and that's where it felt like the guys who were the best were choosing to be the best. Like no, I'm not going to try and ride around. Like Hamlin waited and then worked his way to the front. Yeah. Logano led the most laps. And he was wrecked. And then even Chastain, who wasn't like dominating the race, he was in the lead because of how aggressive he was. Like they he broke up that uh, run off of the off of the pits and then was blocking his ass off. And that saved him from the big. I mean, he missed it literally by the skin of his. like it. They brushed his car like from from getting in that wreck and then went for it at the end. Cindric was actually more pissed at LaJoy. You, you thought that he'd be pissed at Chastain, but basically, Cindric was like bumping the shit out of, or LeJoy was bumping the shit out of Austin Cindric. And that gap was there, and Chastain went for it, and Cindric moved up the track at the exact same time. And that's what ended. Up. I, I wanted Chastain. Like, I was on pins and needles. Like, I really wanted that for Chastain. You know, having the year coming off the win to end the season, the new sponsorship. Like, he's literally, to me, he is. Obviously, Chase Hell is the most popular, but I think Ross Chastain is like becoming the star. And if he, if he can win a championship and have a three or four win season, like will become the face of NASCAR. And it would have been it would have been so perfect for him to win with the like sponsor. I think it would have been like that. Let me ask you that: Do you think NASCAR would have rather had Ross Chastain win or a Hendrick guy?
1: Not like include Yeah.
0: But, I get, but, but here's okay, the thing. Ross Chastain or William Byron? Let's say that. Because Chase Elliott and Larson would have obviously been bigger.
1: I st- I still think Hendrick. Now, if it's, I I think NASCAR needs to embrace, and they're starting to. NASCAR needs to more embrace that Ross Chastain is the villain because right now they're embracing that Denny Hamlin is, and that kind of like doesn't. If, if, if I, I like it, Denny Hamlin has the podcast, he talks shit, does whatever. Like I I like it, but I want Ross Chastain to, to be that. Even without even saying anything.
0: Well, here's the thing: Hamlin's the villain for the fans, right? I mean, Chastain is relatable. Like, you know why he's my favorite race car driver? Like, I list like you know, you saw the wall ride, right? That Martinsville shit, right? So that gets him on your radar. And then I listened to him at the beginning of the last year. I'm like, this guy's thirty; he's my age. You know, he had to work his way. He didn't really have it on silver platter, That's like cool, half of these the drivers. Documentary. Yeah, he's you know, like he grew up in Florida, Walmart, uh, Walmart farmer, watermelon farmer. <laughs> um. I bet you there's a few Walmart Country farmers. music album name, he's Walmart Farmer. Like, and, and now he's got like the Bush Light sponsor too, which is like, oh. hey, I got to get my Bush Light Ross Chastain koozie, right? I put the magnet on my fridge last night. Um, so, I, you know, we'll do – I think we can do a little like of a preview, Justin, for like our, our picks for the playoffs and stuff in the next episode. Mm-hmm. But I wanted, I wanted Chastain to win that for myself because I'm a fan of Ross Chastain, but also for NASCAR – I think more so than, I mean, what do you think of William Byron's celebration, Kevin? Because I I was, you see the celebrations they told Daytona 500. He's like, yeah, that was cool. We won. And he just didn't give me anything.
2: Yeah, it did seem, I got to watch. I'm going to watch again real quick. But I think that's a product of the overtime. Like even, like if you're a driver in that scenario, obviously you're like, uh, it's like the accomplishment of a lifetime, winning the Daytona 500. are also but it's riding different around with you for the like result. you cross. Yeah, exactly. If you that's cr- a different feeling than if yeah. you cross the finish line and it's like, holy fuck, I just won this. But yeah, it- hold on, I'm trying to pull up the ending again. Yeah, he basically, he like he didn't
0: usually get like at least a good audio, like Daytona 500, like no. even Ricky Stenhouse last year. Yeah. And Bob, um, wow, did
1: you see the Netflix documentary?
0: Yeah, I did.
1: He, he, li, li, listen a he's, a, of, he's
0: a wet noodle
1: a lot of yeah, these guys are a little bit of
0: goobers man and and,
1: and he's, it's he's, not, so. and, that, and that's why and that's why like chastain's a
0: star because he relates to the everyman where a guy like william right, byron doesn't
1: well that's why i feel like a lot of you know i, I do think this sport at its best was a superstar driven sport where it was you know the young kid gordon just winning and dominating everything and earn and his personality and you know, June, June Junior even had a little bit of a personality too, and you know Johnson's dominance and Harv, you know Happy Harvick back in the day, Tony Stewart. Obviously, I think it's a, it's a it's a star driven sport, and I think that's one of the things that's been lost. Like the draw, the competitive, like the drivers competing. I feel like there's more drivers now that could win any race versus back in the 2000s where it's like I, I don't know if you could pick 15 different drivers to have like a realistic shot at winning a certain race uh so it's the problem isn't the the competition i think it's the level of you know who who wants to put themselves out there especially in, an, in a in a day of age where it's so easy to put yourself out there who wants to put yourself out there enough to be the villain to be the good guy to be the relatable hard-working man etc cetera, et cetera. i think that's what i think nascar is starting to lean back into it with the netflix documentary and Painting Hamlin a certain way, painting Ross Chastain a certain way—they're starting to get back into it, and I think it's—and I think that's a good thing. I think that—that's how you save the
2: sport. That should be homework that's for what, Kevin.
0: Watch, watch the Netflix series on, on NASCAR. I think I'll it's do, I'll Netflix do that. I'll him. do that.
2: Um, I was gonna say I'm I'm just ex- excited because I'm like an experiment because mm-hmm. I have a blank blank slate for who like my guy's gonna be. So I'm excited for, over the course of this season to kind of decide who my guy is. Yeah, that's who, actually which, a good. Which stars I look.
0: Yeah, because I so I root for Wood Brothers, the 21, just because I they're the longest team in NASCAR. They're just easy to root for. Unfortunately, I kind of hate their driver right now. Um, and then it's Ross Chastain. Chastain. And then I like Zane Smith, the rookie, because uh, I've watched him win in the truck series a couple times in Daytona. Uh, I mean, any other notes, Justin? We talked about Kyle Busch, Ross Chastain. Logano, I I was pissed that Michael McDowell had that motor problem because he was, I mean, he was at the front versus the duels. obviously, he's a good, he's a good restrictor really well and it just, it just fell off, um,
1: I guess they don't have restrictor plates anymore, he's, he's a good super speedway driver,
0: yeah, um, I mean, here. I mean, again. I,
1: I I just want to talk about. I want to talk about the product because uh, I know we talked about. What the What do you ending. think of the How,
0: Wendy's uh, uh, commercial, see, Kevin? See. That was three minutes long.
1: Yeah, Kevin. Did you see the Wendy's I, skit? I, I, did not, see, I did not. I did not see I the Wendy's commercial. That I don't pay. Attention
2: There's a three to that, minute man. Wendy's commercial.
0: Yes, yeah, so they went. They went like the side by side where it's the race and then a commercial, and they just did like a three minute long Wendy's infomercial <laughs> where they're like playing put put DJ Khaled like a, a normal Wendy's commercial. I mean, it was great. I should have brought pulled out my timer because I was like, I cannot believe that this is this is still happening.
2: I will I say mean, the, cr- Wendy's, the Wendy's on the infield at Daytona is one of the most magical places. Well, on the and they did it bigger
0: true. and better this year. And we I didn't, know. We didn't, we didn't get to go. I was very sad.
2: Um, I have another uh, product thing. Um, I think we uh, got screwed last year with the gentlemen start your engines. Like ours was just some random dude. The Rock and this great. year they got The Rock. And obviously he killed it. Like I wanted to see The Rock do that.
0: Yeah, The Rock, the Rock did a good job of that. Um we have to like so part of this podcast is us finagling our way into being able to do that for like a truck series race. Um like that's my like the things I want to use like clout for are not this like I want to do start your engines in a truck race. I want to drop I want to drop the puck at a minor league hockey game. And I've always said, if I ever get to throw out the first pitch of the minor league baseball game, I'm just going to fucking crow hop it over, over the, the back net. Just, just that, that's my goal. Like the idea of wanting to, you know, pitch it down the middle. Like the only person who should have just pitched it down the middle is George W. Bush after nine 11. He's the only person who's like, we need you to pitch it down the middle. No one else needs to pitch it down the middle. You don't get remembered that way. I think we can get you into a wheel and modified race. Something. Here's the thing is my voice reflection doesn't, isn't great when I'm screaming at the top of my lungs. So I, I would literally – I don't know if I've to,
2: ever heard you yell, Bobby. I don't know if I've ever heard you raise your voice. So I, w-
0: I would have to not – I would have to yell but not scream because when I scream at the top of my lungs, it's bad. But uh, and I, You know what? I have to get angry because when I'm angry, you know, my yell sounds a lot better. So maybe someone would have to piss me off. Uh, to do so, which I, I, I was thinking about doing a pissing me off segment. Of what driver mm-hmm. pissed you
2: off? I have one. It's like, a, what really? Who's, who's yours, you? Justin? I
0: mean, it's Brad Keselowski. Here's where I'm going to move off you. You know who my pissing me off is John Hunter Nemechek. He was in like two wrecks in the x Fanity, And he's out there. Now I know it's not his first season, but it's his first season back in Cup. And they do that third line. Uh, Chastain starts it. Keselowski jumps in front of it. Okay. And then John Hunter Nemechek is like, oh, I don't know. Went went back and forth, back and forth, never fully committed. And then Keselowski ends up running. Like, what is Keselowski supposed to do there? I, that pissed me off. Like, John Hunter Nemechek, know your role. It's lap five. Like, don't you can't be half ass if you're going to commit to the. Because
1: Keselowski lap. knows, man. He knows that you can't push in the tri oval. He he knows. He did the same thing at the duel. And he, he did it in the two car. I like Keselowski. He is one of my favorite drivers, but he he did it in the two car. He's done it in the six car. And I guess because he's the owner of the team, he doesn't have to answer to anybody, but this is, I feel like it's every year on a super speedway track where he's pushing in a spot where he's not supposed to be pushing. And then also pushing on lap six. That got me really worried because I'm thinking, shit, man, if, if we're, if we're going to have like multiple big ones, or if we're going to have like cars kind of, leave the pack. And if we're only going to have 20 cars that are left, especially if they're, if there's only 20, 25 cars that are left and we're halfway in the race, then it really gets to a boring product. So I'm really (laughs) glad that, all right, Brad uh, for, first of all, the people, the people that always caused the wrecks, they made it out. Oh, they made it out, you know, clean, but Brad, I was lucky
0: that that wasn't a bigger wreck than what it was.
1: Yeah. yeah, Brad, Brad eventually got involved in, in, in his wreck, but still that, that that pissed me off lap six, that, that race really had the potential if there were a couple more cautions to really get like dicey in the ending would have at the end would have been bad. Like at least the even though the ending was anticlimactic, we saw three wide racing at the end. That was awesome. And we want and we want that's why we wanted to see the race go to the finish because it was awesome racing. So um, credit to those drivers for Keeping it together and keep it, you know, I, what it really ended up being is I was on the edge of. Were you not on the edge of your seat, kind of like from twenty laps to go on? Oh, I was yeah. waiting I was, for the big
0: one. I was, I was, I was literally nervous. I was on, especially with the way Chastain was blocking. I'm surprised it didn't happen earlier. Um, final, uh, final. So, did what do you think of the crank it up on pit on, for the pit stops? I like the idea. I like the 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 effort from Fox to try something, but I would I would not return that. It was pretty. It was
1: boring. pretty lame. Do you so? Do you like the pit road reporting though? I I think I kind of like the pit road reporting of who gets an adjustment where. Yeah, that's
0: the other thing. You took that away, which is like an important part of of the broadcast.
1: This car's driver's loose. He's getting a you know, a, a, you know, tire pressure adjustment here, tire pressure adjustment there. So, um, what's the what's the phrase I'm looking for? You got it on top of the car wedge. Thank you. Um, what else? What else? What else? 41 lead changes. Yeah, I really wanted to talk about on the edge of my seat, waiting for the big one to happen at the end. Basically, the last 30 laps. A um, lot of comers and goers. Shout out Todd Gilliland for having a good race. And then he got wrecked. Kyle Bush. Kyle, uh, Kyle Bush is, I, I guess, uh, Kyle Bush is a guy I want to talk about just as the season goes on and see how he does. Because he had a couple wins last year that were kind of fugazi. At some tracks that are like well, he
0: dominated Fontana and Fontana's gone. Or Fontana's dominate, gone,
1: and what track can you what track Kyle can Dagger. you look at Fontana and be like, oh, that's like a playoff track that you could like if you run well at Fontana, you can run well at these tracks. So we'll see how Kyle Busch does, but I I kind of have I have very strong opinions on him, especially like as as Denny Hamlin has gotten a, a much a much bigger spotlight as the years have gone on. Ty Gibbs obviously took his job. Rightfully or unrightfully so. So we'll Well, talk. How about on
0: Thursday? We'll do like our playoff picks. um, Great. We're having a second show uh, on something. Um, I'd like to get some interviews on on this show too, which I feel like we could. Obviously, we're not going to have driver interviews in season, but maybe friends around friends around the sport and and make some friends around the sport. Um, but so I went. I went on Thursday and Friday, and. Man, so Kevin, I went to every year I go to the truck race on Friday night, which is essentially supposed to be the shortest of the three series, but they also have this fourth series that's there. And because of the rain, they said, All right, we're doing the, the fourth series at eleven thirty after the truck race. I'm not kidding. We it did not end till one forty in the morning because I mean I like I actually like watching Rex. I know everyone complains about Rex. I was at the point of like, stop fucking wrecking because it it destroyed me. Because I it was seven hours of racing, nine hours of drinking, like a thirty-two year old man is not built for that. Where I was, you know, I, I I felt like death the next morning. But it it was fun, despite the fact that I mean they wrecked every.
2: It was every. And they they both wrecked in like the first three laps too. It'd have been better if that happened last year when you when you were in the booth with uh, Alvin Kamara. Oh oh, see if ima-
0: could you imagine Justin if we were in the in the skybox in the the suite for that that would have been. I mean they would have been having to
2: drill thirty five Or the president of NASCAR would have had you guys. Yeah, they
0: would have they would have had, like, I think we would have had the self awareness. Like, you know, we need to leave the suite if we're gonna if we're gonna stay here for this. You,
1: you would have got so bored that you would have like, you know what, screw, it. we are going to fight Alvin
0: Kamara. Yeah. So maybe we'll get Alvin Kamara on the podcast too. You look at a friend
2: of NASCAR.
1: You know, and you know, uh, Kevin, you remember Frankie Muniz, right? Of course. He's driving to the Xfinity Series now. He's in the AAA oh, of NASCAR. Didn't
2: we? Didn't we see him
0: last year? Was yeah. it in yeah. Chicago. If we, we have him like, on the show, we got to put him in the middle of the screen. Yeah, oh. We
1: do. Yeah. Well, yeah. It, even Michael Waltrip made a joke. Uh, made it. Made a. Made a. Made, made it in the middle joke. Uh, dropped it. Dropped it right in there on the broadcast last night. So
0: he got involved in a wreck. He he wrecked very early. Did you see Joe Exotics lawyer is a sponsor of one of the Xfinity cars? This I'm out on. Well we don't have the clip, but it was very funny. You didn't watch the video. So it was like it's Joe Exotic's lawyer, is one of the sponsors. And Joe Exotic like has a, a account that he tweets from. Obviously, somebody else tweets it from him. Um, and Joe Exotic actually liked my tweet, which was a nice like, wow, that's cool. Uh, basically did an interview asking about Joe Exotic, and the guy was like asking, like, yeah, so do you like how we're we involved with you guys? It's like, well, you know, I've never done meth. Um, you know, I, I don't I don't handle ch- it was very it was very nice to see a NASCAR sponsor clear up, which no one asked him if he had never done meth. Um, but I, I like to support NASCAR sponsors, whether they do meth or not. That that is also the goal of this show is we need to get John Boy Media on some type of truck, car, oh something like that. Those meth related. Well, maybe maybe we could can sell we all establish we get enough money to get I, a sponsor.
2: Can we all establish that we don't do meth? I've never done. No, that. but if
0: we sell meth, we can get enough
2: money to have a sponsor on. That's Trump on that I spot. mean, we could we could finally break off and form Piss Boy Media. Yeah, Piss Boy if, Media. So we got to get we, we got to get Jack Zoe on this on
0: the show yeah. too, and Ronnie. Yeah. All right, do we, get, we got anything else? We went over thirty minutes. So I feel like that's good, Justin. No,
1: no, I, I uh, all my notes are gone. A uh, little bit of anticlimactic finish, but I I very much enjoyed it. Um, yeah, the race I, flew by. Uh, it, it did, it did, and hey, uh, I think that's the difference between like the Xfinity series, the Truck series, and, this, and the ARCA series. Is that in the Cup series, they kind of did show why they're the best drivers in the world. Um, they kept they kept the cars in one piece, gave us gave us a good finish, and uh, I would if I had to grade it a graded out of ten, I would give it an eight.
0: I would give it a seven point nine. How about that? How about that, Kevin? All right, that's an episode. I'll go oh. eight eight one eight one. 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 We're all in the same area. All right, that's an episode. We will see you on maybe Thursday on the next episode of Racing Radio. Until then, let's go. Let's actually let's go racing is a is a let's good. Go, let's go it's racing. A nice, it's a nice tagline. Let's, let's go giants. Let until then, let's go racing.